What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber, coming to you live from various locations. Stocks are taking aim at what would be the third 1% gain in a row as we get our first real parade of earnings uh, with Caterpillar, Merck, Pfizer, Pepsi, and more. We're going to talk to Southwest and 3M later on this morning. Oil, meantime, uh, meantime, bouncing off at $10 as some very big players roll their June contracts into July, Jim. But um, markets clearly looking closely at some of these reopenings, and it does raise the question of just how precarious uh, this rally is. You know what, Carl? It's really incredible. If you say that things are okay, not as great, and you're an industrial, uh, because there will be an opening of America, people buy you. If you say that things are in line uh, and you pull your forecast and you're not industrial, it is a recipe to be sold. Uh, This is about hope. Uh, It's about the idea that it can't be uh, as bad as it is right now. Uh, You'll see that even with marginal retailers. Uh, that people think a marginal retailer has to come back because America's open. And I would say, listen, you've got to go with the flow for a couple of days if you're a trader. Uh, if you're an investor, I think you have to take the other side of this trade uh, as we get closer and closer to the opening, because I think people will be surprised how little uh, these businesses will do uh, and how worse they'll do once we go open. It's not it's it, it, it's pangloss. There's there's an opening other than auto sales. I mean, auto builds really isn't going to occur. So I think we have to be ready for that. So your general thinking is that we're going to get things like a Ford plant reopening. VW is doing it. Boeing in South Carolina next week. But it's going to be a manufacturing bounce? Yes. Uh, and more than a service bounce? Yes. The manufacturing bounce. Uh, and you, you, you look at a cat and you say to yourself, okay, let's see. They cut numbers, cut numbers, uh, no outlook, cut numbers. I want to buy it can't be this bad after this, right? And then I, I look at PepsiCo. I actually think PepsiCo is a very good quarter. But it's very easy for some of these analysts to say, oh, well, you know, look, they, their second quarter is going to be slower. It's just as good as it gets, PepsiCo. I want to take the other side. Let CAT go up for a little bit. But CAT's not going to see a flood of orders. CAT's more related to oil. Uh, it's some China. I don't want to be levered to those. PepsiCo's levered to the uh, stay-at-home market, which turns out to be here for good. It's levered to Quaker Oats, for heaven's sake, a division that I have not heard of other than to be buried for ages. And sure enough, now they're back for breakfast. It's levered to um, SodaStream. Uh, millennials love SodaStream. I don't know when I had SodaStream went all over my ceiling, but those people know how to work it. So I, I do think that what you're, you want to go the other way after let the hedge funds buy cat. But what happens on day five? When they don't get a, a flood of orders because they're levered to the permian. So, David, you know that the companies that don't need any more help from Treasury or the Fed, I think, do better. Uh, the bottom being when Carnival was bailed out. And I, po- I point I don't mean to pick on Carnival uh, because it wasn't Carnival's fault that they got bailed. But it, that may have been the bottom right. in the bailing. 
Yeah, no, I know that that one in particular really uh, uh, has disturbed you for obvious reasons. And you've made this point as well in terms of the eternal internals of the market, Jim, uh, that a lot of stocks have suffered far worse than the overall market, which has been powered by the names we know so well, right. the names that have continued to benefit from this new world. But, Jim, I wonder, you know, as you stay there at headquarters during the course of the day and get ready for MAD and have all your conversations, I'm here, of course, not commuting, not swimming, even more time on my hands to just, but you're to just safer. do all my but reporting. But you're safer than right? I am. You're here's, safer. Here's the, I am. I am. But here's the day. Safe. Here's the way it goes. You, you talk to a CEO and they tell you, I'm just getting ready for the worst. I'm, um, uh, I'm battening down the hatches. Right. Frankly, I don't really see, you know, a lot of these people we furloughed. We may not hire back. Uh, I'm cutting spending. I'm just getting ready for that. And then you talk to a market participant who a week ago was sort of negative, but some, somehow now there's this sort of quiet or reluctance acceptance of this rally. And I just can't accept it to it because the Fed is on our side because there's an incredible amount of stimulus because people are starting to spend their, their unemployment checks and the extra 600 bucks. I don't know. They're coming up with reasons. Then you talk to another leader of a business who's talking about, well, how am I going to get my people back in? And how am I going to space them properly? And how many am I really going to have? And I'm not coming back in my business until 2022 to a level that I might have seen in 2019. I don't know how to. It's dissonance. Well, it is. Look at 3M. We're going to be talking to Mike Roman. Mike Roman had excellent cash flow, much better than what the bears were talking about. He's going to have no problem with the dividend. But a lot of it was he cut, cut capbacks. Uh, you know, this is not a company that you necessarily want them to be hiring other than in the N95 business. But you're absolutely right. But then you've got NVIDIA. You know, NVIDIA is an amazing company. It's why I named my dog after it. We had Jensen Wong on. What did he do? He gave everybody raises. He gave them raises because the business is on fire. Advanced Micro is going to have a blowout quarter. But Southwest, I mean, that's part of that cohort, David, that I just don't want to touch, even as I think Gary Kelly's terrific. Right. So you do have, I mean, I set up a new index last night, 100 companies I found, $11.5 trillion worth of companies that do well in this environment. You're really talking about $25 trillion worth of companies out there you trade, $11 trillion of them. 11 trillions worth do better in this environment, which is one of the reasons why the disconnect isn't so much of a disconnect after all. Yeah, all right. But Amazon is 10 percent of 11 trillion right there. And then Microsoft is another three days because people think they're going to go to Nordstrom, right? But I know, I know, look, Amazon hired 100 Hey, listen, David, they hastened everything. People are buying Kohl's. Kohl's was the biggest gainer in the S&P. But is Kohl's really sustainable? When Am- I mean, the only thing that Kohl's has over Amazon is I've got to keep the box out for 24 hours unless I break out the Lysol. Right. Uh, Do you I, take I the box right in? I still have a very hard time. No, I don't. I leave it in the sun for a, yep. l- for a little bit. I have yep. no idea what we're doing That's or why the, we're what doing the president that, came up. Who came up with that? With the light, with the sun. Yeah, then you sort of, then you do a dance around the box. You sort of say right. some prayers around the box, and then you can open the and you box. You put, no, sprinkle zinc that, you know, and Pepsi, David. Yeah? Yeah, you sprinkle right. some, some Pepsi. I know. Now, I'm being yeah, facetious, but the, the fact Pepsi is thing. I leave all my boxes out yes. for a day. The guy rings the doorbell and runs away. Mystery, mystery, you know, it's mischief night. Yes. But, yeah, yes. you got to leave it up. But that's about all. If I'm going to go to Kohl's to get Nike, I think I'd rather go to Nike to get Nike. They had a great site. I know well, it, it does. It does show Adidas, just how much yeah. we're sort of groping in the dark when it comes to how these retailers are going to open. I mean, there's some anecdotes this morning about retailers in Germany who are free to open. But why would you open if you're only going to do 10 percent or 20 percent of your 
regular traffic, uh, people who try on clothes. you got to put those clothes in the back for a couple of days mm. before you can put them back on the floor. And Doug McMillan uh, was on Axios last night uh, talking about what retail is going to look like in the future. Take a listen. The process is you show up through the back of the store and there's a table set up with a person wearing a mask, holding a thermometer. As you approach this table, we're trying to maintain six feet of distance. We ask you a series of questions about how you're feeling, whether or not you've traveled. If you pass that questionnaire, we then take your temperature. And if it's under 100, you can go to work. Wow. Okay. Right. So these are protocols, guys, that... Uh that Asia's been working with for, for right. quite a while, but we're going to get familiar with very quickly. You know, first of all, it should be a pulse oximeter, because if you're down below 50, it means you're probably about to die, and you don't know it. It shouldn't just be the, the temp. Second, is everyone wearing masks? I mean, I see Southwest, the people who work there wearing masks. Masks should be, masks should be everywhere. But when I mentioned that on Twitter, you know, we live, we're, we're a uh, live free or die country. We think that a mask is uh, feminine. That is just so ridiculous. You know, we, I love what Doug's doing, and I think he's absolutely right. And there's probably three or four more steps that he has to do because there's no contact tracing. And if the person next to me uh, has, has uh, COVID and we don't know he has COVID because he doesn't have the temperature, I want to have contact trace for when he does. Now, Apple and Google have unbelievable contact trace, and I, I don't know if Sol is using it. Why? Violation of privacy. We do everything to fight what Taiwan and South Korea did. And we got a president who holds a press conference, and he makes me feel like, you know what, everything's great. I, I don't know. I'm done with the, like, the, everything's great. I, I, I'm really checking out of the everything's great scenario. I got the N95. I'm not wearing the stupid paper one any, anymore. And I just really think that right. I'm wearing the gloves. And if I'm going to go to Walmart, I'm going to make sure. I mean, like, it should be like Costco where there's a big line. I don't want to be next to anybody because I can't find out whether they have it. <clears throat> Um, well, guys, there are a lot of businesses beyond Walmart that are also trying to figure out exactly how they reopen and far beyond retail. Uh, I mean, if you are a, a business anywhere and you have workers, you are now trying to understand spacing. You're trying to understand right. exactly how logistically people are going to be in and out of a building. You're trying to understand are you going to have people in shifts? This is starting to take up a lot of the time of, of senior business leaders right now as they start to think about bringing people back to work. It may be a while. It may be obviously over a period of months. But I can tell you, you know, office buildings and the like, if you're a company that somehow deals in flow and spatial use, you're probably very much in demand there. I don't even know if there are advisors on that. But if there aren't, there should be. And if there are, they're probably going to have a very good year. Well, when I went to Johns Hopkins uh, for the casino, because they're worried about the flow of air conditioning, because Dr. Lowry Brilliant, the man who some people say cured smallpox, is adamant that the air conditioner will easily blow the droplets to you if you're not careful. <clears throat> Uh, and when it's looked into that, it's one of the reasons why even if you do half the tables, if there's air conditioning blowing, uh, th Dr. Brilliant has shown us the study, that the CDC study, which says you're going to get it if somebody coughs, which is obviously suboptimal. Howard Schultz put out a great note last night. I mean, basically uh, any restaurant can take the PPP and then a few weeks later be out simply because you have half the tables. And there isn't a business model in the world that allows you to have half the tables unless you can double the price. And I don't think the American people are ready for doubling the price to go out for dinner. 
And there's also a lot of chicane. What about the- that, you know, I'm doing my bar yeah. is closed. But do you know that if you go on uh, DoorDash, it says that I'm open and you can order stuff and I can't get it closed. I can't get them to stop. Hmm. Well, maybe after I just mentioned it, they'll stop because they keep saying Jim, that we're doing the stuff. Jim, you know, we've we've heard this many times and it's and there's a lot of truth to it, which is we're in an area of the country that has been hardest hit. And it's hard to understand exactly what conditions are like in the rest of the country, which are which have not suffered the way that the New York tri-state area has. There are plenty of people who just want to get back to doing things in life. Right. Don't you believe that to a certain extent memories are short enough that people are just going to be happy to go back? Maybe they're masked up. Maybe they're not. And that this this idea of restaurants have to be half full is perhaps something that we're not going to see or that there's going to be a willingness to line up and go back to Disney World. They're going to be reminded everywhere they go. They're going to be reminded of what a constant this will become. We have a picture really quick of Marriott, a release they put out yesterday of these electrostatic sprayers they're going to use uh, with hospital grade disinfectant. I mean, UV light disinfectant technology. This is all courtesy of Cowan this morning. But that that kind of gun that you're looking at here in a second uh, is going to be normal. That's fabulous. I wish that Southwest Air would do that. I guess we should talk to them and ask. Guys, uh, we'll talk a lot more about that, uh, what restaurants, hotels, and airlines are going to be like in the coming months with the CEO of Gary Kelly as they post their first loss since 2011. Don't go away. The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. It is unfortunate that there's a small number of companies that have created a lot of publicity that took loans. I think it was inappropriate for most of these companies to take the loans. Um, It was clear there was a certification. Uh, We don't think that they ever should have been allowed to. We put out an FAQ clarifying the certification and saying that if they paid back the loans in two weeks so that we could reprocess that money, they would have no liability. Otherwise, they would have liability. Uh, That's the Secretary of the Treasury this morning on Squawk Jim talking about rules that he says uh, were clear when it came to PPP. Still doesn't explain why the Lakers got $4 million. Oh, a fabulous interview. One thing missing. I don't blame anyone for applying. I think that they were obviously greedy sons of bitches. But wasn't there someone supposed to stop it? I mean, the bankers, weren't they supposed to? How much did they make? Weren't they supposed to stop it? The community banks? The SBA. So, look, these greedy companies come in, think they can get away with it, and they actually need the money. There should have been a separate program. They're going to go use the Carnival Cruise program. Uh, but uh, there were checks. And I, I love the Treasury Secretary. I think he was great that he, I mean, I was afraid he might actually say, look, hey, it's okay. Uh, it went through. But, you know, there's, there are people who checked off. There's people. There's John Q. whatever. And if we're going to go the way we did in 2007-9, where every, nobody went to jail or nobody was ever outed, then you know what? They're going to hate the banks again. And, there's gonna, if, and if President Biden, if Biden wins, these, they're going to be show trials. 
And I, I think that what you do is you just say, here's who checked off on it. That was a mistake. Bank of whatever shouldn't have done it. The SBA was disorganized. We went for it. You don't just say, oh, you know what? There's liability because they should have been stopped. They, of course, they should. It wasn't have applied, illegal, Jim. But you know, what? It wasn't illegal. It wasn't illegal. These were companies that conceivably thought they needed the money. We're not aware that there was another program but, but that had yet to be he's un- gonna, unveiled by the them. Fed. He said he would have pursued them if they had not take, taken it back. So it may not right. be. You know, is that you think that's in retrospect illegal? I uh, I don't know what law it is that they were actually but breaking. But he said they you. violated. I, look, I think that, that banks were complicit. I think banks gave loans to very good customers, uh, maybe because they needed to keep them afloat. But the bank, you know, you see any banks come out and say, hey, you know what? Yeah, we checked off on that one. I don't know. We thought that was a good loan. No, no names. Once again, people get away with it. And I think that America the, the large, is sick of that. The, yeah, the larger issue may simply be that the newest pro, the, the refreshment of the program is only going to fulfill those that already put in applications, that there are still going to be many small businesses that are unable to avail themselves of these funds in any way, that you might need to go back for number three, if that's possible, which would seem to be less likely given the reluctance of Congress to potentially ink a new bill and even more money. But right. that's, you know, we heard from a community banker yesterday, Carl, who was saying, or the, the leader of that group, who was saying that very thing. Mm. It was a Yeah, great I mean, this is not about uh, details of qualifications. This is about the entire framing of the program, Jim. The fact that the Lakers thought that this was okay to even I mean, apply no, for. It was a great program. I praised it every day. But, you know, I'm a chump. Sometimes you just get had. It's okay. I, I thought it was a great program. And this is not about me not getting a loan. Okay, what it's about is, is that I yeah, thought no, that we, the small we business that. people were going to get the loan. I might get the loan in the yeah, round I know, too, but it was inter- I was just surprised. It, it was interesting know, small too. number of people, small number of companies call big amount of money, small big amount of money, and someone, you know, the Treasury Secretary. I think he got had. I think he had every single. Uh, I think he's totally forthcoming, and he's terrific. I just want to know who made the bad loans. Yeah. Somebody did. Uh, Jim, your comments yesterday uh, went viral for, uh, mm-hmm. for good reason. We're going to get to the parade of earnings today. We're going to talk about Caterpillar and Hog, Cummins, and 3M. We'll talk to Mike Roman later on this morning as well. Take a short break. Be back in a minute. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. 
Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. Time for a mad dash as we'll get you ready as well for the opening bell about nine minutes or so from now. Pepsi, one of many companies to report earnings, Jim, and I know it's your focus on the mad dash. Oh, I mean, I just think that Pepsi had a great quarter. It was much better organic growth than a lot of people were looking for. This is Ramon LaGuardia. You know, it's plus seven growth. Now, there was a lot of pull through uh, and a lot of people feel the next quarter is going to be terrible. I, I disagree with that. I think that this company set up uh, in a new way for people to uh, the stay at home people. They love to snack. I mean, it's just it's free to lay. It's fantastic. They love to have breakfast now. It's Quaker. That brand has been in decline for years. Suddenly it's, it's being uh, it's a renaissance. They want to make soda. They've got soda stream and Pepsi, uh, PepsiCo bought. Uh, this rock star and merged it with Bang, and they've got this uh, Mountain Dew. They're going to own a case in the convenience store. Obviously, that's not doing well right now, but that will come back. I, I, this was an amazing, amazing quarter for PepsiCo. And if this quarter, if this sells off because people say, ah, you know what, I want to buy Caterpillar, buy this stock. Buy this stock. And they did not go for a loan. I know that for a fact. Right. I'm All telling right. you, they did Speaking not. Speaking of go. earnings, is. Okay, got it. PepsiCo did not go. Nope. Uh, 3M also reporting earnings. We are going to be joined by the company CEO, Mike Roman, in the next hour of Squawk on the Street. You're not going to want to miss that, of course. A lot more coming up, including an opening bell. Stay with us. Jim was just commenting on the parade of earnings we've gotten so far this morning. You mentioned Pepsi, Jim. Uh, that was just one of the companies pulling their guide, along with uh, 3M and Xerox and Cat as well. Yeah, but when you speak to Raymond, uh, he basically says, well, look, I don't know what's going on. And I think that what's happened is I think everyone should pull guidance, first of all, because it, the array of things that could happen with this pandemic is such that if you can really predict the future, I think you could end up looking maybe silly. This is the greatest opportunity for these companies to say, you know what, I'm done giving guidance. I'm going to go a Warren Buffett way. I'm done with it. You figure out in your model what we're going to do. Anyway, 60 percent of my shareholder base is some dumb index fund. So why should I spend, you know, maybe 15 days of my year just trying to come up with some forecast that may be wrong anyway if the pandemic comes back? So when I talked to, to Raymond, the first thing I said was like, and this is PepsiCo, hey, I'm great. so glad you pulled your guidance because who the hell knows if people are going to be using the convenience store uh, where, where you can get Mountain Dew? I mean, I don't know. Are people going to be driving or not? I, in New Jersey, what are we doing? Anybody, anybody know? I mean, I'm in New Jersey right now. I don't know what we're doing. I listen to the governor. Well, if, I don't know. Sounds like a no, yeah, nobody if guidance does from the governor. is truly endangered, Jim. Well, then how if, can if Pepsi guidance go? is truly endangered, right? then what happens to the range of estimates every quarter, and what happens to volatility once the once the earnings season begins? Well, I mean, once if everyone withdrew their guidance, the analysts suddenly would have to work hard. If you go in the conference call, all they're really trying to do is figure out their model. So they can go to the Ohio State Pension Fund, the teachers fund, and say, listen, here's what I think they're going to earn. Maybe they would actually have to do their own model, which would really be amazing. Uh, but they have to accept the fact that this is the most uncertain environment we've ever had. We're at war with COVID. Uh, we act, I feel like we're on peacetime footing because we don't have the Manhattan Project. Uh, but I just think that any, any of these CEOs who say, look, let me just tell you, we're going to have a good Q2 what did, did they speak to Dr. Fauci privately in a room and Dr. Fauci has his own thing that he says when he's not stuck up in front of the president and can't say anything? They spoke to Brad yeah. Pitt. Who did they speak to? You don't know. None of these people have any idea. We have, does anyone here think that we're South Korea or Taiwan where you have some prospect? 
There's three places you can get tested in New York, you know. Three of them. Um, Isn't that solid? Jim, yeah, that is solid. It's getting better. It's, uh, yeah, it's, there were it started none. from a really bad place, but it's getting better. Um, it's time Jim, to speak truth about this uh, stuff, right? No. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, yes. Our testing has been woefully inadequate since the beginning. It has now caught up, but uh, we're not setting records. And I doubt other countries are calling to actually find out how we're doing it all. No, they're pitying um, us. I really do. They're pitying us. Yeah. I, I don't think the calls country. are coming in. I think um, it's terrible. But back to corporations for a moment, uh, uh, guys. You know, what I wonder, Jim, is whether corporations, because I've heard this, uh, are going to use this as an opportunity to cut and to not necessarily, you know, maybe a CEO was thinking, well, I could be leaner here or I could be there. There is going to be an opportunity, the lack of guidance, so many other things going on now that CEOs are going to be able to do things that they perhaps hadn't thought about doing previously or had thought about but had not implemented in terms of cutting their workforces. But some people have taken pledges, Dave, that they're not going to do it. You've got to hand it to those people. Some- uh, and a lot of people are committed to seeing this through with their staff. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I would have thought there would have been more layoffs, frankly. Uh, there's a lot of Doug McMillan's and a lot of Jeff Bezos's and a lot. Of, there's a lot of uh, of, of Mark Benioff's and a, and a lot of Jensen Wong's. You really are committed. Yeah, those are all, those are all companies in the midst of, of significant growth right now. I'm not talking about that. Well, what are you going to hire people if you're at Nordstrom? I mean. It's a denouement, right? Remember, they were trying to buy it for $8 billion? It's now $3 billion. So obviously, you know, they were kind of, maybe they should only be rack. I don't know. What should Macy's do, dude? I don't know. But what is, what is NVIDIA doing? It's hiring because they've got tremendous businesses and their growth. And maybe that's what's going to happen. There'll be great growth companies. And then there'll be the other ones that are, are just their demises being accelerated by COVID. How can Gary uh, Kelly not off, trim uh, his dynamic workforce? for sure? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's uh, the Dow 24-5 uh, at the big board. It's uh, Kevin Fitzgibbons, a chief security officer of the exchange, and at the Nasdaq, it's the shot of the tower in Times Square. You know, this discussion of guidance, Jim, does sort of uh, remind you of Merck versus Pfizer. Pfizer, which did affirm, and Merck, which didn't pull but did cut the guide. That was something. I mean, that is just Merck actually was was just right, just just bad, bad. I mean, I was surprised because here they have these numbers for Keytruda and they beat my estimate, but they beat the street estimate for what Keytruda, which is their key lung cancer drug. And it's a huge blockbuster. And then they're downbeat. And now that would have been one where they should have just said, look, we don't know. But they they, they cut and, and they cut in a way that made me feel like, wow, I got to go over this thing again and again. I can't figure it out. Suspend buyback uh, lowers because of covid if they lower because of COVID and Pfizer doesn't lower because of COVID, I am genuinely confused about what you're supposed to do with Merck stock. But look at the green on the board. What are you supposed to something? Yeah. What are you supposed to do? The, the market guy, the S&P is now above where it was last September. So I think what the end of last September 2019, we were below twenty nine hundred on the S&P. We're now twenty nine fifteen. Was the world not looking as good at the end of September as it is now? Well, we did have a crash. You know, if you use the atavistic Dow, we did go down to 18,000 from 29,000. We're having a legitimate bounce. The financials, many of the financials were 
uh, cut so badly that you have to think, well, wait a second, maybe they got a shot. J.P. Morgan was at 140. It went to 80. I mean, it's fighting its way back to 100. Uh, they're moving away from the defenses. They're going against J&J. Uh, but you have a steel company, Nucor, which I, I have one tonight. And that's the most profitable steel company. And it was at 60. Uh, and now it's at 40. So we, we've had a lot of stocks get really crushed, David. And the, and the numbers come out and they're not as bad as we thought. They're bad. But they're not as bad as we thought. And remember, there's, I, I identified but, 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 $11 but trillion dollars quarter, worth of companies that are doing not, well. Yeah. But they're not for a quarter that, that, that this was really included in. I mean, we're talking about the middle of March. I don't. It's. It's this quarter and the next one and what things are going to be like next year that I think is much more in play here, Jim, isn't it? In terms of whether we really, truly rebound um, in any significant way. We've had a parade of CEOs. And by the way, we look at the surveys. CEOs typically don't get things right. So maybe that's a good sign. But we've had a parade of CEOs come on this show. We're going to continue with that who say, I don't see my business getting back to where it was in 2019 for 24 to 36 months. We've heard that any number of times. Yes, we have. And um, so I get the bounce, or I get that we did come down a lot, but we're now at a level that would seem to indicate at least the belief that we're going to be back to something apprising where we were not that long ago by what? This time next year? Well, I mean, if you use the very honest discussion UPS today, which says that things aren't that good uh, because of COVID and the stock is down and down badly, I think that you could say, yeah, David, you're absolutely right. But remember, there's a lot of companies that are just doing phenomenally well and do well in a pandemic. And what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, are you going to sell them? In next year, they'll do well in a pandemic because the pandemic has accelerated yeah, exactly. work at, you know, this, the, you know, this work at home thing. I mean, David, look at you. You probably cook. Well, you don't cook. Well, maybe you cook. Uh, but, you know, you stock your pantry with all the bad stuff. And now I forget that. But I bet you cook or you have stuff delivered. That's that's a new paradigm. And all those companies that have been left by the wayside, General Mills, and ConAgra, J.M. Smucker. I thought they were like just gone. How about Hormel? Those are doing so well. We can't take their people are going to stay at home. It's turned out to be pretty good. So you have some stay at home. Yeah, some got to work. And now you got. And now you got uh, Zoom and Oracle teaming up this morning, Jim. Um, that was Quest great. Diagnostics is taking direct-to-consumer orders for its antibody test for 119 bucks. It literally, you can click on the button, add to cart. So we're reminded every day that nearly half of the S&P are things that you would use yeah. uh, if you were staying at home all right. the time. And you couple that with $8 trillion in central bank support, you might be flat exactly. run year. Look at F5 Networks, okay? Now, F5 Networks is an okay company, but what it does is it helps you work at home. I mean, that's one of their, one of their business lines, helps you work at home. Well, that's incredible, F5. That's doing, I mean, it's a, look at, look at um, NXP. NXP was supposed to disappoint, all right? They're very heavily involved. You know, they pre-announced about a couple weeks ago. And here they are, they announced, and they're very levered to auto, and the stock's up six. No. It's hard. It's, this is an irrepressible market. Skyworks is levered to uh, the inevitable 5G. And here it is over 100. So there are these secular trends that are working uh, and they're working really well. And anyone who's really doing badly, if you're really terrible, then your bonds get bought by the Fed. So you're saved. I mean, David, how many bankruptcies have there been? What do we got? Uh, Whiting? We haven't even gotten penny. We got Whiting Petroleum. We haven't even gotten, How many bankruptcies do we have? Right. 
It's right? early. It is it's early. Uh, and, re- and retail, we're expecting it. And obviously more in the oil and gas, given the, given, uh, the very difficult time that that's having. But Jim, what about, what about the larger issues of, look, we're going to talk to, to Mike Roman from 3M. Right. They, um, they take their CapEx uh, to about 1.3 billion. They had uh, previously targeted 1.6 to 1.8 billion mm-hmm. previously. There are so many companies that are doing that. Yeah, so but you many. take well, you take the, uh, the problem of the dividend off the table. There was a note last week that 3M's dividend could be in trouble. What? Well, you look at the stock. It's upset. It's up nine. It's up eight. It's doing well. I'm not worried about the dividend anymore. So he cut the capex. Uh, are you saying but, that but next my, year he's going to be hurt because he cut his capex? No, my point is that that's going to have a ripple effect in the economy, that you've got all these companies that are pulling back. Even ones that are doing fairly well are not going to be spending as much. They're not spending on advertising. They're not spending on marketing. They're cutting their CapEx. They're cutting their R&D to some extent. That has an impact, doesn't it? Yeah, it will. It, just, it does not right now, but it absolutely will. I'm not, I can't, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you. Uh, but I would say that if you own 3M, you own it for the dividend, not for the growth, because it hasn't been growing in a long time. And you feel better today. Remember, if you're if you're you know, if we see something like this from Apple, I, I doubt that they'll cut. They have a lot of cash. But, you know, whether they can raise the dividend, and have a good balance sheet. That's enough for people right now. So I think the market is yeah. being satisfied by dividends. I mean, look at this yeah. 3M. You it's see this uh, piece in the journal this morning, Jim, uh, this piece in the journal this morning. More companies are canceling or suspending their dividends than in the prior 10 years combined. So the dividend is more precious now than it has been in a generation. Exactly. And you need income. Think about all the people in their 50s and 60s who are trying to build, trying to build some sort of portfolio that gets them some income. And suddenly you've got these companies and the dividend's good. And I like that. And I think that's very much what's in play, too. Well, look, let, let's go to where David is, uh, I think, very – let's see who's accelerated in the David world, uh, Southwest Air. We're going to bring in Southwest Air's chairman and CEO, Gary Kelly. And before I bring in Gary, I want to say that he had a, a loss, and that is not Southwest Way, which means that this industry is doing something that I'm sure he hasn't seen. So, Gary, I'm going to give you the floor because you do not have losses. That's just something that Southwest doesn't have. Well, yeah, morning, Jim. Uh, yeah, these these are obviously extraordinary times, and uh, – you know, we had a great uh, first quarter going. We had a, a very strong January, very strong February. Saw no signs of COVID-19 uh, issues until the end of February. And, uh, you know, the, the drop in bookings, the increase in cancellations, the drop in traffic in March was just breathtaking. So so here we are. You know, uh, the, the good news is that Southwest is very well prepared. Uh, we had um, excess liquidity coming into the crisis. We had the lowest level of debt to total capital in our history, uh, over $10 billion of unencumbered airplanes available. So, uh, you know, we're prepared, and, and you have to be, you know, especially in this industry. You have to be prepared for the unexpected, and this meets that definition. You know, this is, uh, you know, this is a real challenge. Okay, so you've got 20% load factor and estimated daily uh, cash burn of 30 to $35 million. What can you make so that uh, we all come back and fly? I, I know that the employees are wearing masks, but I want to fly Southwest. And I want to fly Southwest. And I want to be able to tell my wife, I'm, fly- I'm flying Southwest. You don't have to worry about me. I'm not getting COVID from Southwest. What has to happen to make it so that I feel like that's the case? 
I think a lot of things are going to have to happen for uh, you know the country to come back to life, uh, much less air travel. And then you know, obviously, we and the federal government have a role to play in this. But I think people ultimately, uh, if they're going to travel, they need to they need to have something to be able to do when they get there. So Disney World needs to open back up. Restaurants need to open back up. So you have those kinds of things. Then people uh, need to feel safe. And, uh, you know, we'll need to do our part there. So we'll need to protect our employees. We'll need to disinfect our airports and our airplanes. Uh, and our customers will need to know what we're doing. And they, they'll, they'll need to feel comfortable with that. So uh, all those things, I think, are uh, very far along in terms of being able to deploy, uh, y you know, those kinds of procedures. And then as far as customers go, you know, we'll, we'll certainly incur we'll, we'll follow CDC guidelines. We'll certainly encourage customers, uh, as an example, to wear a mask. We'll have PPE kits uh, that we'll offer uh, to customers. Um, we'll have uh, social distancing at the airports uh, and on the airplanes. We won't have airplanes that are booked full. Certainly not an issue right now, but in the coming months, uh, we'll want customers to be comfortable that there'll be uh, spacing. So we, we won't, we don't assign seats, uh, but we won't book the airplane full. So I think you can assume that all the middle seats would be open. If I'm traveling with my granddaughter and she wants to sit next to me in, my, in, in the middle seat, I think uh, obviously we'll we won't prohibit that. Uh, but there are a number of things like that that need to be done. We'll need to work with the federal government in terms of screening customers to make sure, uh, for example, uh, that you don't have someone getting on the airplane that has a fever. Uh, and I think that that's going to be very important. So uh, we'll need to do what the rest of the country is doing, quite frankly. And uh, this too shall pass. It's just a matter of uh, obviously fighting through this pandemic and and getting to the other side. It does sound like you, 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 you're doing everything you can. Uh, Boeing Max, uh, Phil LeBeau talked about it earlier. Uh, the, when you think it'll be, it looks like it's uh, now October 30th. Can you call Boeing and say, you know what, guys, here's some thoughts about COVID that you could do. Uh, ultraviolet lighting or, or making some sort of surface that is less likely to be able to keep COVID on. I mean, if they're going to sit there and not be able to get it approved, even though I think it should be approved, and I offered to fly it, I don't care. I think it's the best airplane ever made. But I do think that maybe they could make, if they're just sitting there, could you make it a little more uh, anti-COVID? I don't think that that's reasonable here in the short term. There's just too long of a development and certification cycle associated with that. You know, so they, obviously it's taking as long as it's taking because of issues that they're dealing with. So, uh, but those are all good ideas and all things that I think will need to be explored in the future. Uh, we're, we were, as a world, we just weren't prepared for this pandemic. And uh, I think that there's tremendous learnings for this, from this, and we need to be better prepared uh, the next time around. And, and hopefully it won't be for another <laughs> another century, you know, like the Spanish flu of 1918. Uh, obviously, we've had issues in between, but yeah, this is a doozy. So um, all those are great ideas and all those need to be fully vetted. Gary, it's David. Uh, yeah, it is certainly a doozy. And some of those things you described in terms of new, new ways that you'll board passengers sound onerous and potentially expensive, which gets me to your financial condition. 
Uh, can you update us on the government money that you are taking, how that's going to work? And when you look towards the fall, whether you think you're going to be able to need yet more money as some other airlines potentially may be? The, um, you know, the, the, the CARES Act provides two basic programs. One is a loan program and the other one is, uh, is styled payroll support. So we have applied for the uh, payroll support uh, part of the program. Uh, our portion of that is uh, $3.2, $3.3 billion, uh, and that uh, is funded in uh, tranches over a four-month period. So, uh, so far we've received uh, half of that, or $1.6 billion. Um, $948 of that is uh, in the form of a, uh, uh, a loan, an unsecured loan that has to be paid back, uh, and then the rest is a grant. So the obligations that the airlines have or that we have is to have no involuntary furloughs of our employees uh, through September the 30th, uh, and then there are other conditions besides that, but that's the primary one. The, the loan program, um, the application for that is due uh, this week, and our pro rata share of that is uh, $2.8 billion. Um, it's a secured loan. And it also comes with uh, warrants, 10% uh, coverage in terms of warrants. So we'll apply for that, and we'll have until September 30th to decide whether we want to draw down those funds. Uh, it also comes with restrictions and, and conditions. So uh, we have $9.3 billion uh, in cash as of last Friday, and uh, we'll be raising uh, more money uh, is our intention. Um, it just doesn't pay uh, to not have enough cash uh, in an environment like this. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we started the year in a very, very strong position, and we want to make sure that we uh, sustain that. Uh, our, the, the cash burn number that you mentioned is really the, the, the spending, uh, and it doesn't include uh, revenues. So hopefully April will be the worst. Uh, you know, my rough estimate is it will... Uh, we'll burn about $900 million this month, and hopefully it gets better in May, and then better in June, and then hopefully remarkably better in July. Obviously, we can't sustain the, this kind of uh, cash uh, burn indefinitely. Um, so, I, you know, I, I don't know that I would say that it's so much uh, after September. The uh, CARES Act doesn't solve all of our problems. Um, so we'll need to reduce that cash burn and that's probably a combination of continuing to reduce our flight schedule uh, so that uh, we're not uh, incurring the, the operating expenses associated with the flights, as well as just uh, generating more traffic uh, and more revenue. Uh, and we'll just have to see, you know, where we are after September the 30th. Um, if the traffic doesn't doesn't materialize, then there's no choice but to downsize the airline. And, you know, it's just premature to make those judgments yet. But I'm really interested to sure. see uh, where we are in the June, July, August time period and see how traffic is responding. Uh, but our president, uh, Tom Nealon, we've tasked him with the, uh, w with the job of uh, creating strategic plans based on various recovery scenarios. And so we've got to be prepared for the worst uh, in this environment because, you know, the traffic levels are, are, 
are, are next to next to zero at this point. Mm. Gary, you, you talk about the number of things that need to go right, uh, Disney reopening and so forth. A lot of people are talking about the airport process itself, TSA, baggage, uh, airport concessions. How would you characterize their ability to implement procedures that also affirm confidence? Oh, I think everybody will be in a position where they can uh, implement procedures. You go to grocery stores and uh, uh, gasoline stations and whatnot, and, and people have, uh, have, have already put in place uh, social distancing techniques and uh, screening techniques. So all of that, I think, has to be done. I don't think it has to yeah. be done into perpetuity. I think it's, you know, when, once this pandemic uh, has worked its way through, uh, I, you know, you look back at, the again, the Spanish flu of 1918, it was followed by the Roaring Twenties. So it's, I don't think mm -hmm. we have to assume that the world has changed forevermore, uh, but we certainly need to do everything we can to defeat the virus. And that will include uh, these kinds of measures here, certainly, uh, you know, for the near future. Gary, one of the things that's great about capitalism is, is that the companies that are incredibly well run with good labor relations, uh, sound financials, never have uh, losses in any year, should triumph over the companies that maybe have these big losses all the time or go bankrupt. And, uh, and your industry is regarded as an essential industry, so you never seem to be able to uh, overtake those who, who, who didn't, who were bad actors, so to speak, when we all grew up and were learning about business. Does it bother you that you play by the rules and it doesn't work? <laughs> well, you know, uh, Herb Kelleher used to, used to joke that, yeah, we have to beat these guys five times, you know, so... Um, so it it is humorous in a way the way you ask the question, but oh no, I mean there have been a lot, Jim, lots of failures over the past forty years. Uh, so you know the industry, and in, you know post recession uh, to uh, two thousand eight and nine has actually been very healthy. Uh, so it took bankruptcy uh, with the legacy carriers to arrive at that, but. Um, you know, it's uh, it, we have stronger competitors today than we have had in the past. Um, but I get your point. Uh, nonetheless, you know, every industry uh, is going to have winners and losers. And what we bring into this, in addition to our preparedness, is great customer service. Our, our folks do a marvelous job of running the operation. And we have a low-cost structure. And, uh, you know, what we haven't talked about is just you know, in addition to making sure that customers feel safe and comfortable returning to airports and airplanes, they're also going to be looking for a low fare. This is a low fare world, uh, and we're a low-cost, low-fare company. We've got a great route network throughout the United States, so we just want to make sure that we manage through this very carefully. We don't want to be too cautious, but we certainly don't want to be overly aggressive and put ourselves into bankruptcy. So um, I, we have a very deep leadership team here. I'm very, very proud of them. In addition to all of our employees are doing a great job. So we're, we're as prepared as anybody can be for this uh, crisis. And, uh, you know, we, we're determined to come out on the other side of this uh, very healthy and very strong. Well, Gary, I bet you do. It's Gary Kelly, CEO of Southwest, symbol L-U-V. Always great to see you, sir. Thank you. It's great to be with you all.
Always very straightforward is Mr. Kelly, of course, hoping for what he said is, quote, remarkably better July, uh, but preparing, as he also indicated, for, uh, for the worst as well as you need to. Uh, speaking of preparing, of course, 3M, as we uh, mentioned earlier, cutting its CapEx, uh, taking aggressive cost reductions as well. Uh, we're going to be speaking to that company's CEO, Mike Roman, in the next hour of Squawk on the Street. President uh, yesterday talked about his relationship with 3M. Take a listen. I also want to thank 3M because they really stepped up. We had a little dispute at the beginning, but that got worked out quickly, and they've been doing a great job, 3M. They really have been. I want to thank their great CEO. We, uh, we had a little skirmish, but it worked out well. And they're doing a lot of work right now on masks and other things. get to Jim and stop trading. A lot of people are trying to figure out what will survive in this period in the uh, troubled areas. Ralph Lauren, iconic name. By the way, I was also looking at Calvin Klein, Tom Hilfiger's PBH. If you have an iconic name, I think you can get through this period because people are going to, when we finally uh, beat this, they're going to want to spend. And I think that the Ralph Laurens of the world are going to be the beneficiary. You got to get to the other side. Uh, but you can see Ralph Lauren's up $4 today. Why? Because I think people say it's going to make it. And we're going to spend once we're doing better. So that's what the market's trying to figure out right now. What's iconic and what's unnecessary. And Ralph Lauren's iconic. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.